0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. (laughs) The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah!
1: Let's go. Did Houston kidnap G Bush? (laughs) What happened? Is that what's going on today? That's I think so. He incited
2: a riot yesterday. And what's funny to
1: me is in the moment when he was saying it, I looked at Jason and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's going in this deep. Yeah. And G Bush just didn't see anything wrong with his comments at all. And they went viral in Houston on some of the Texans websites. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, yesterday he went on a rant how we no have one it. on Houston – are we going to play it? Yeah, we can play it. Might as well.
2: Uh, once, and, so, G. Bush is coming in. He has to sit down so we can play it on tag board. Give me one, one sec. But we'll okay. do have it. All right. we can play it in one and sec. The gist but, yeah. of it
1: is he just basically said the Texans are a bunch of kids and they have yeah. no experience and no one on their roster scares them. Yeah. And this is going to be an easy one, you know, pretty much. Yeah. So they caught fire. It, it caught obviously fire. Obviously – and G on the call this morning said, I don't get it. What did I say? <laughs> Look, if a Texans fan, or excuse me, a Texans media member yeah. went on his show and took a dump all over the Browns, <laughs> you, we would, we'd, be going crazy. we'd be going nuts. Yeah, Who is this clip. clown? Yeah, so we right.
2: missed it yesterday. Here's what G Bush said that got, uh, it, it caught wildfire on it Texans did. Twitter. Steve played
3: About CJ Stroud. You meaning to tell me, Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. you got a, a 12-year-old back there? He just got a library card. Like he, he talking about big, t- these guys talk about Alabama versus Auburn and Michigan versus I mean Y'all grown ass men playing all kind of taxes. Y'all got wives kids, mortgages, second homes. And you running around here telling me about will Anderson. Come on, bro. You, you should be, you should feel disrespected. That people is putting up 18 and 19 year old kids against y'all. They don't, they still living with their parents on a rookie deal. And these dudes is talking about you listen, you got CJ Stroud. Hey, listen, I welcome CJ Stroud every single week and twice on Sunday. Like, I'm gonna tell you what. You got John, we, we already got did dirty by John Elway back in the day when he was young Elway. I we we're not worried about that. Young Yee. Yeah, young Elway. Wow. Yo, that's what that people talk about CJ Stroud like he's young Elway. I, I, they'd be like, listen, you don't want to see no smoke with, with CJ Stroud, but guess what? It's an opportunity for y'all to do something. Y'all been crying for it for years. Let's go out here and get it done. we on the road. you playing a nice little team, <clears throat> and this is why I could care less. That was G Bush yesterday, and now yeah. here he is.
1: So, um, I, I'm just saying that G was kind of surprised on the morning call. Like, I didn't even know why it blew up like that, and I said... If a Texans media member went on their show and dumped all over the Browns,
0: Browns fans
1: would get their teeth in it. It would make its way to the Browns locker room for sure. And we would talk about it and say, who is this clown? (laughs) What got me was the Bobby Brown lookalike. You have (laughs) Uh, to respond to that. uh, Hey, listen, first of all, first of
3: all, that was funny. That was so funny because I'm a big Bobby Brown new edition fan, and I never thought that I would ever be at a position where Someone um, said you somebody look, like like said, look, look like him Look, look like. So what I did is I set it up for him. So y'all want me to be Bobby Brown. You got to lean into it Uh Oh, what do you got? So, um, you know, I got the my prerogatives <laughs> ready to go. My prerogatives. Stop playing <laughs> around with your boy. You thought we're double. I stand on what I said. And not only did I stand on what I said, I'm gonna do it in style. The Cleveland Browns is ready to go. You're shout double to, down on it. Shout out to Sean Watson. <laughs> shout it's out to Dr. Glasses. Shout out to everybody out here doing it. We ready to go. Yeah, bull. And, and, and we're going to have a good fun. We're going to have some nice fun with the Texans this week.
0: Uh, listen, well, I'm, I, I'm not as confident as you are. I think the Browns are going to win. I have respect for the Texans. I think they're a pretty good team. I think the fact that they have a rookie coach and rookie quarterback does matter. Sure. I think that is a big deal. I don't think even big college games prepare you for the intensity of the playoffs. But, I mean, the Texans could win this game. Of course they can of win this can. game. Yeah. Uh, certainly. And it's not – and, you know, it's funny – it's not like the Browns have a lot of guys with a ton of playoff experience. No, we don't. Now, the most important position, you got a lot at quarterback. Yeah, but outside of
1: him, Juan Thornhill's got some got some right. some, some playoff pedigree. cred with the Rams. Yeah, he got
3: the pedigree. But you
1: know, yeah, and Flacco, you're right. I mean, you're yeah. you're comparing a puppy right. to a canine German Shepherd that's been on the gig for fourteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Amari yeah. Cooper has some playoff experience certainly, but a lot of most of the Browns' skill position guys don't have, have either
1: none or two or games. very little. Those that have some yeah. with the Browns have two games, right. and that's, it. that's uh, it. We're getting much more talk on that, yeah. I promise. <laughs> but the, big, the headline to today's show is no backpedal from g Book. No, no let me, fact, not he's at all. digging in and going no, forward. No, you've got to double down at some not, point. Well, fact, he's
3: doubling down. Let me put my jewelry out. Shout out to Deshaun Watson, too. <laughs> ah. Yeah, shout out to Deshaun That Watson.
1: is new edition Bobby Brown. Yeah, it is right <laughs> here new edition Bobby Brown. That was the best version of Bobby Brown, I thought, because it was before he blew up and the music was fantastic.
3: And you know what? I'm a big new edition you, you, fan. You, you 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 know what? There's an analogy we have. Yeah, Bobby Brown was great in new edition, but the thing about Bobby Brown was he didn't gain that national notoriety till he came with the uh 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 the uh, my prerogatives. He didn't come with, with the Tenderonis yet. So then when he hit that level, he was he was multi-platinum status, solo, solo star, yeah. Bobby Brown. The Browns, right. is, Browns is going solo this weekend. All right, <laughs> we got a lot to get into. Uh,
1: Cecil Shorts is going to join us if you watched yeah. him when he was on the program a couple of weeks ago. He's fantastic. A Cleveland guy, went to Collinwood High School, played for the Texans in 2015. He's going to come and tell us what we're in for. He's a Texans fan. See, he's an observer. So- Cecil's going to be good. By the way, Jonathan Wells, who, uh, of course, Ohio State Buckeyes, played for the Texans, worked here in media up until a couple of years ago at ninety-three. Yeah, he used to come on our show. He and I got into some legendary arguments. He's, yeah. He we will had not a fun time. Out. He's a longtime friend of mine. Great, great, great um, mouthpiece. He When he gets on a roll, he is as oh, funny yeah. as G. Bush when he's on no, a roll. That's the big homie. He <laughs> currently works for the Texans, um, and so he he's coming back from a – trip that I think was Texans-based. He was in Doha. I think he does this every year for them. He's coming back, a long flight. Um, what is Doha? Join us I don't later even know what that week. is. Uh, I believe it's over in um, uh, 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 the big city that's blowing up. Uh, Dubai. Dubai? I think so, yeah. Dubai, oh, yeah. I believe really? it's in that region, Saudi okay. Arabia, uh, oil yeah. money. Yeah. 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 He's going to be here uh, later in the week, and he's going to – I know he's going to talk Texan smack because he texted me Texans, baby, all caps, exclamations. So, that'll be good because right, uh, yeah. he, he doesn't yeah. back down from a good no, fight. Good. Uh, in the meantime, our first hello and good morning of the day to McNuggets. Uh, is your neck okay? Got in a car accident over the yeah. weekend? If you guys you missed sure overtime yesterday.
2: You know, yeah, I feel great, never better. Okay. Uh, if you missed the ultimate car accident show on overtime yesterday, <laughs> I would suggest becoming a member to go back and watch <laughs> that. Gee, you missed it, but we turned overtime into uh, car accident 101 and car accident procedure 101. Uh, that was a lot of fun, but we got a giant show today. And we're going to get into G inciting a riot on Texans Twitter later. We also got some other topics, but we got to start, as always, with a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get it on the playoff action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, for new customers. The app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best and easiest way to find popular parlays and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. I want to set up this first topic, guys. With this, Bull, you mentioned yesterday yeah. that someone tweeted out how many teams would trade their starting quarterback for CJ Stroud straight up. Right. And I think we all agreed that the list is five, six teams tops. Correct.
0: I, I mean, I, I, get, it could be more than that. Possibly, it depends. I mean, if you, you know, we're all prisoner of the moment, right? I mean, there's been other guys who have had good rookie seasons. And went backwards in year two and were well, never quite as good.
1: Yeah. Um, notables, RG3, yeah. big injury. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had a lot of success early in his career. Um, who else? Baker had, Mayfield. Well, Carson Wentz. Hell, Carson, Carson Wentz. Carson, Carson Wentz, Baker Carson Mayfield Wentz had, had a great rookie Baker season. Baker Mayfield's like this. You know, yeah. every other year he's up, he's down, he's all over the place. But uh, for the most part, the guys that we mentioned, RG3, Colin, and Carson Wentz, they never really – they no. washed out of the league, pretty much. But after a rookie
2: season, if you yeah. looked at it, Stroud had a, a really good rookie season. So I think if the question was Historic. in the next five years, who would you take, Flacco or Stroud? We'd all take Stroud and not think twice about it for sure. obvious sure. reasons. But yeah. if you put it into a playoff context for a one game or a playoff run or one playoff like run, yeah, would everyone switch their answers from the Rook to the Wiley Vet who has tremendous postseason I success? I think you'd
1: be crazy if you didn't.
0: Yeah, right now, I mean, if you would ask this question six weeks ago, I would have stuck with C.J. Stroud. (laughs) Of course. But right now, yeah, I mean, I would definitely take Joe Flacco. Uh, There's there's no debate that you would take C.J. Stroud over Joe Flacco going forward. But for right now, of course you'd take Flacco, in my mind, because I got one guy who not only has a ton of playoff experience and has won a million games on the road, not literally, but, you know, he's won a lot of games on the road – but also, he's playing very well. Now, you could argue Stroud's playing a little better than Flacco because he, he doesn't turn the ball over. But there's not enough of a gap in their play right now exactly. that I would go with the inexperienced guy. So, of course, I'd go with Flacco. Yeah,
1: I agree. Flacco's 5-0 and oh, um, in, his, in, the, in first playoff games, which means he's, he's never been bounced in a first-round game. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment will not be too big for Joe. He's played on the biggest stage and played well and all while betting on himself. We've talked a lot about this little five week run of his about how it's kind of house money and he's playing loose and free because he thought he was done. But at the same time, we've seen a time in his career when everything in the world was on the line. Mm -hmm. The Ravens offered him a contract going into their Super Bowl season and he said, you know what? I'm going to let it ride. He put everything into the middle of the table. I don't know that you can have more pressure.
0: No. And he played
1: great. And he not only played great, he won the Super Bowl and was the Super Bowl MVP. So, uh, I don't think pressure is going to affect Joe. How it affects C.J. Stroud, we'll see. I went back just for fun and looked up his numbers last year. This is the biggest game he's played in his career was last year against Georgia. The Buckeyes did not lose that game because of C.J. Stroud. Oh, no, well. If you remember, they had a double di- a big double-digit lead for most of the fourth quarter. Georgia put up 18 points in the fourth quarter to come back and win. C.J. Stroud in that game was 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns, no picks against the number one defense in yeah, college football. So that stage was as big a stage as he could play on up to that point in his career, and he didn't blink. And... Last week was essentially a playoff game for them, and he played great also. Exactly. 20 of 26, 260 yards, no picks. The one thing that gives me pause, guys, make me feel better about this if you can. I don't know if you'll be able to. In an entire season, Stroud threw for three fewer interceptions than Flacco threw in five games. That scares me because I think we all agree turnovers and mistakes decide playoff games. Play a clean game. Don't yeah. turn the ball over. Your chances of winning go up dramatically. The five picks for Stroud on an entire season as a rookie yeah. is unbelievable when you consider that Peyton Manning in his rookie season threw like 26 interceptions. Um, it's the fewest
2: interceptions for any rookie quarterback with at least 300 attempts in NFL history.
1: That is, that's
0: impressive,
4: yeah, Scott. It is impressive now. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: The only good defense he played all year was the Ravens. I don't know. Is that true? I mean, they only played four teams that made the playoffs. They played the Browns, but he didn't play that game. Right. They played the I'm oh, sorry, the Steelers he played against the Steelers defense, which yeah. is not bad.
2: He and had three oh six against the Steelers. Steelers defense. I and think then he's he played against
0: Jacksonville who doesn't have a good defense. So he played against two good defenses, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So I don't know. We don't. It's not enough of a sample size. I think there Pits,
1: weren't any good defenses that are not in the playoffs that he played against. Because I didn't. I didn't study the schedule. He played the
2: Jets, but he got hurt in the first quarter. So oh, he did.
1: Yeah. That's okay. when
3: he suffered the concussion. I look at it like this.
1: It's a fair point, though, Bull. Like if you if you're putting yeah, up I mean, those numbers against subpar defenses, I don't. Say, it, they
3: still get listen, paid. It's it impressive. is who it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, the right.
0: schedule is what it is. He did a great job. I sure. don't say it to knock him. Right. No. I'm just saying he hasn't been tested very often. Against the defense, the caliber it, of the Browns. It's
3: clear this will be the best
1: defense
0: you've seen without all a year. Doubt.
3: And we talk about it all the time. We talk about how regular season is regular season, postseason is postseason. All the stats start off. Yeah, you're zero and zero now. All, it, now it's, it's win however you're going to win. Right. And one thing that you you really understand and you start to see is when you get in the playoffs, that intensity ratchets, ratchets up uh, to a point where this ain't college and it's not even regular season. The speed of the game it starts to increase. Now, instead of guys taking one pass rush off, guys aren't taking pass rush off. Right. They're, they're going as hard as they can. Tap the helmet and come on out. When you talk, They're going to be fighting for every inch, yeah. every first down. And the great part about it is, and when you ask, what, who would you rather take? And I always use this analogy of people. Because people... They're like, oh, you know, uh, you, you don't, you're not really putting it in perspective. CJ Stroud is, is, is bald all year. Why would you say that Joe Flacco has uh, some sort of advantage over him? I look at it like this. Like, we sit on this, on this panel all the time. You know, you guys, you know, when I got here, I did this for, you know, you know on the Internet, right? But it's different before doing it on the Internet and saying live, go. It's different from having time to set your stuff up, to to finding out where you get your voice out in the comments. And if you go to any venue, the great thing about a veteran is if I ask Adam the Bull or Jay Crawford, hey, listen, I'm in a pinch. I need you to come over here and give me a speech. I need you to come over here and introduce somebody. I need you to come over here and emcee an event. They don't even need no notes. They don't need no notes. They have done it so long. So often <gasps> that it's like, all right, well, let's go. It doesn't matter if it's a bar mitzvah. It could be a baby shower. It could be a... a, a Call bull for the bar mitzvah. Yeah, Jay ain't coming to that. I nothing like, like, Sweet 16, a quinceañera? Sweet, uh, uh, a quinceañera? JV awards for for volleyball. If you have no JV and volleyball awards ceremony. But but you get the point. Now, you take them and you say, okay, well, let me go get somebody who's two years in the game and does part-time. That's different. You get up there and start stumbling, bumbling. It's easy. That's what I look at at Joe Flacco, and that's why he's able to throw a couple of picks in games because guess what? He's going to come back right and, and throw the ball like he never threw a pick before, and that's how he can keep his people in the game. Hey, McNuggets, can you uh, pull up his, li- his playoff line? Touchdowns to
1: picks in his playoff for Joe Flacco? games. Yeah, yeah for Steve, can you pull stats. up uh,
2: 160, please?
1: He's already got it built.
2: He has 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 3,200 yards, 88.3 rating. 88.6, sorry. I mean, that's so pretty, sorry. you know, that's, yeah. guys, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, now, I
0: mean, a lot of that was earlier in his career. Obviously, it was all earlier in no, his career sure. when he was, when but he was I a think better think what quarterback. Shows, quarterback though, that he, Bull, I, but, I
1: don't think the psyche and the mental part of it nah, came sure. much. Yeah. And I think what that shows is he takes care of the football a little bit better, at least uh, the comparison, the, the ratio is better in the postseason than it was for him this year. Yeah, um, I, I just think it's really going to come down to the turnovers and you, I, I want to touch on something you said on the speed of the game. I've talked to a lot of NFL veterans about the arcs of their career and they always say, and you know this and you've heard this guys have said this all along. They thought when they were in college, how much faster can it get? I mean, it's football and then they go in to the preseason And they kind of fool themselves because the speed is half speed. And they're like, yeah, it's a little quicker, but it's not. And then that first NFL regular season games happens. And they're like, oh, okay, there were more gears to go in the transmission. And there's another level to this. And they've all said the same thing with the playoffs. The jump from the regular season to the playoffs is similar to college to pro. Now, if you go back to Stroud's early games as a Texan, he had some success. But he also struggled, yes. and I think it took him a minute to adjust to that speed. I also think it will take him a minute to adjust to the new level of speed in a playoff game, whether that's one yeah. game and he can adjust, or four games. It's different Which
0: for is, everybody. Or is, one
3: drive. right?
0: There's no <laughs> doubt. We all agree. He's a special rookie. He's yes. not just a rookie. However, there's a reason... Why rookies playing their first NFL playoff game have a terrible record? You're right. Some of a lot of it is because they're rookies. Now, part of it is it, they've often picked up a team that wasn't that good, and the Texans. Well, particularly when you're the second overall pick, right? And the Texans... like. Are, are the Texans that good around C.J. Stroud? I mean, they're good. They're better than we thought they were, but they've lost their best receiver. I mean, Nico Collins is a really good player, but mm-hmm. they're not loaded with with uh, skill position talent. They're not terrible, but they're not loaded
3: with skill position and, talent. And you, boy, you think about it like yeah. this: If we notice that, wow, Nico Collins is getting targeted every play. Wow, against the Colts, you don't think Jim Schwartz understands that? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I you know, they, the Browns have corners that can make your life, if they wanted to get cute about it, they could just say, you know what, Nico Collins is not getting the ball this this game. We got two on him, and we got two really good ones on him. So let's see if you're patient enough to dunk it to Dalton Schultz. Let's see if you're patient enough to stick with the run game and not force anything. Let's see for four quarters, can you make the right read under pressure (laughs) and not force nothing. And that's a tough task, yeah. right? That's a very tough task. I would do that task. if I'm the. I mean, I mean that's I, what to they me, will do. my
0: focus is on Nico Collins. 100%. I'm not
3: going to get killed by Dalton
0: Schultz. Singletary's a perfectly fine running back, but right. he, he's not right. a, a special player.
1: So uh, that's the guy I'm most worried about. He's a really good player. Especially when Houston comes out first play from scrimmage and they yeah, right. draw up a nice play that gets him yeah. isolation. Wow. There's no deep wow. safety. Wow. That not... throw by
0: Stroud was unbelievable. That was, that was I crazy. mean, that's,
1: that's how you open a yeah. game, especially a meaningful game. And I want to make this point: when you're playing on the road, as they were, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I thought for them to draw that up. If you miss on it, you miss on it. You got to miss deep. You yeah, can't right. underthrow it. But if you miss on it, fine. But if you hit on it, and they did, and they talked about it on the on the broadcast, the energy was just completely left the building. Yeah, that it's was the same that place the was Browns on started fire started to start against the game. The Texans, yeah, the yes, yes, same first play. One hundred percent. By the, I the way, I got, Mike. I got
2: to bring something up to you guys real quick, Bull. I I went through, I made the Flacco playoff stats this morning. I didn't remember or realize this, but to your point about quarterbacks getting more comfortable as the season goes on, I think there is, and I'm I'm sure there's tangible evidence, I don't have it ready to present right now, but quarterbacks in the playoffs also getting more and more comfortable. How many games do you think it took in Joe Flacco's postseason career for him to throw just two touchdowns, just two? How many games? Oh, I don't think it was the Super
0: Bowl year, was it?
1: No, he did before
0: Super Bowl oh, okay. year. But yeah, but I bet him, it was a
1: number of games
0: into his playoff career. His sixth career. postseason game. Yeah, it's, it's just it's different. You ready for
2: his numbers in his first five postseason games? And yeah. once again, that 2011 playoff run, unbelievable. First playoff game, nine for 23, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 135 yards. Second, and he won. And they won that. They won yeah. that game. But they they, also that, won remember, this
1: too, game. just for context, the play calling for him was super, super conservative. And they had a great defense, great running They basically game. Yeah. said, Joe, we need one field goal drive, yeah, and we're yeah, going to yeah. win the game. This yeah. is not
2: an indictment on how like, he won these no. games. I'm just, right. I'm just putting it out there for for they context. They just took no chances how, because they didn't need to. And I'm saying this to show that they had the reins on him as they run young rookie sure. quarterback until they got better. Second uh, game. They smartly. also won this game. 11 for 22, 141 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Wow. Won that game. AFC Championship game against Pittsburgh. 13 of 30. 141 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Wow. Got smoked in that game. Yeah, yeah. Next, I, year, I, next year, wild card round. They yeah. won this game four for 10, 40 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Won wow. Game. Next game against Indianapolis, 20 for 35, 189 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. They lost that game. Jeez. After that, his playoff took two years of playoff. They won three games, so it's not like he did nothing, but numbers, one touchdown, Six interceptions in his first five plays. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> and then he took off. Yeah. Then he takes off. You I, have two touchdowns, one touchdown. And everybody two, two, grows two, two, at a different yeah. rate. Three, 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 two, four in his next eleven games. So just, I, I'm not trying to make a point. I'm Mike, just showing that there is growth here that happens. Mike,
0: let me ask you this. Shoot, how were, were all how many of his playoff losses were to, Roethlisberger, Manning, and Brady? Were they all? So he has
2: in his career five playoff losses. We'll count this year yeah. first. 2009 to Roethlisberger. 2010 to Manning. Yeah. 2011 to Roethlisberger, 2012 to Brady, and 2015 to New England. That was Brady. Yeah, you're right. All so of them. all, of,
1: all them, of his losses with them. the Hall of Fame and quarterbacks. It was a that was a really tough time for anybody in the AFC, not named Pittsburgh, yeah, Indianapolis or Denver. I mean, it was mostly in the. It was, was mostly, mostly new Manning England. and Brady. It was
0: mostly new, right. But ben Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer too. <coughs> Had Ben played yeah. in another era,
1: probably has two more Super Bowls. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, he's not that level of quarterback, but he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, but they, their, yeah. their runs were stopped. Yeah. It's the same with Roethlisberger. A lot yeah. of his playoff losses came to yep. Tom Brady. That's right. I was Peyton Manning.
3: I was doing some research yesterday. Um, we've been talking about the narrative that Joe Flacco wants another opportunity because he thought he was out of the league. I found this comment that Ray Lewis had when Ray Lewis retired. It was, it was in 20, let's see, 26. Yeah, 2016. 20, uh, now, mind you, they played together from 2008 until 2012. They won the Super Bowl. He carried them. And I think he's haunted by the way he's perceived in the league, right? Um, and he talks about it. It says, uh, Ray Lewis publicly questioned the passion of Joe Flacco um, when he was asked why the Baltimore Ravens quarterback has been so inconsistent this season. He says, uh, and this is Ray Lewis talking about Joe Flacco. He says, gifted? Sure. Absolutely. Passion about what he do, what he do in the game? I've never seen that. Lewis told Fox Sports uh, one on Thursday. I don't know uh, what that looks like. And and he's talking about in terms of whether or not Joe Flacco is passionate about what he does. Um, And, and, you know, Lewis uh, said that Flacco isolates himself on the bench after a big play. We've seen it here. And he said he believes believes Mm -hmm. more emotional players like Steve Smith need to coax Flacco into showing more emotion. Which now, he has shown a lot of emotion with the Browns. You know what? I, let's just talk about that
1: comment. I love yeah. Ray. But honestly, I think that's an unfair shot at yeah. Joe Flacco. And here's why. When our quarterbacks are overly emotional, the quick critique is, oh, no, 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 no. I need him being on an even keel.
3: Too high, too And too when too they're high. on
1: an even keel, we say... Hey, show like you care. Well, we do that with coaches, too. We do it with coaches as well. We do it with players in general, but specifically, I think, with quarterbacks. And I just think that's an un... Fair character assassination on Joe Flacco. Look, but also, no one was as passionate as Ray, right? But also, Jay, like
0: he came into a team with all these great defensive players, and, they and he was never going to be the
1: team. leader of that team. Never.
0: Uh, he might have Who knows? Maybe he was a little intimidated when he first got there. He felt like he couldn't lead. Who knows? I mean, he's a different player now. We saw, you know, you see him all fired up on the sidelines. Now, sure.
3: now he seems very different. Now is di- because. He faced the end. He, he, when you look at your legacy, and that's a big thing about when people write stuff, like you know, this, they, you know, like uh, you know, they talk about uh, the pen mm-hmm. of a scholar is more than, than way more than the blood of a martyr. Like when you write the narrative, that's that cements you. When four or five, people, that's legacy know, bomb. That's done. Yeah. So not very many people get the opportunity to come back and rewrite their legacy. He's writing a post Yeah, he's like, hold on. These are contemporaneous notes. Hold on. Yeah. I, I wrote this. I got a chance to show not only and here. To, and If you ask Joe Flacco, if you pull him aside and you ask him, because I didn't even notice me and my dad do this little game where, you know, we, we say, what, what player is this? How many yards they got? So we were going down a list of most all time yards and I was <clears> asking him blind. Can you give me the top yeah. 20? How many do you do? And Joe Flacco's in the top 20. In a lot of those records. If you pull him aside and say, do you feel like you're a Hall of Famer? <clears throat> He'd probably see a man say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Hall well, of he's Famer. he's not. No, he's not now. He's no. not now. However. <laughs> yeah. However. Yeah, no, yeah. there's a big however there. there. The, the however is, I got a shot. And when you get in the playoffs and you feel like you got a second life, he's saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me see what y'all think will be now. Yeah. If I take this team with this city and this roster with all – now you got to revisit a few things, right? Well, his or, only chance of getting in the Hall of Fame, and it's a slim chance,
0: is if they win the Super Bowl. Otherwise, correct. he's got I, zero I, chance.
1: See, I don't. Yeah, I agree with that.
3: Yeah. I agree.
0: But but here's the thing: I don't even thing. know for sure I, he's in. I, I
1: told a friend yesterday we're talking about the Browns upstairs and what this means to the the Browns and the Joe Flacco's legacy. Yeah, he's playing for redemption. Mm-hmm. Remember, he called the Jets, and the Jets were like, "No, we're good." We're straight, and they weren't. <laughs> and he's proved it, and he proved it against them by dropping two ninety six yeah, yeah. in the first half against them. Uh, he's playing for a Super Bowl ring. Yep. he's playing for a gold jacket, in my view. I, I believe and, he- and and the reason I say that is because you, you it's the what is the list of quarterbacks that have won two Super Bowls, particularly with different franchises that yeah. are in? I, I don't
0: know that there's any. Uh, personally, even if he wins the Super Bowl, I would not vote for him for the Hall of Fame. I don't. I, I don't think you should go to the Hall of Fame just because you won two Super Bowls. Because he hasn't been. A, let's be honest. He hasn't been a Hall of Fame hey, player. Well, well, in no, a, but I there true? are other guys yeah.
1: that haven't either that are there because but, they want. And what if he's the MVP of the Super Bowl? Then it's. It, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, but we have. I don't think we have any modern examples of a player like Joe Flacco in the Hall of Fame. We probably don't. But what he's doing now, yeah. coming back, I think that the, the reason he's the sexiest story in the NFL, and he is, by the way, look around. When, yeah. you look, when you're look, when you on the internet and you're reading NFL playoff articles, there are a lot of guys using pen and paper to talk about yes. this Joe Flacco story. With each win, like after this week, six stories are going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. Those teams are done. Right, right, so right. now you're climbing up the mountain. You become the bigger story. With each win, this story becomes more and more unbelievable, more and more... You know, America mm-hmm. loves a comeback.
3: We yeah. love a comeback. And he about to turn into a sea biscuit in a second. Like, <laughs> By right. we, always, we always use the term "America loves a comeback."
0: Do we think Finland doesn't like comeback? I don't know. I've never lived right. in Finland. Does right. Denmark not like I, a comeback? You know, that's a good question because right. I've never. I've, I've never heard lived Morocco
3: there. <laughs> appreciates a comeback like nobody. And, and, but here's. But I will say this: if he if he Morocco. drags, they're all about the comeback. If he drags and elevates, see, LeBron understood this when he won in Cleveland. And was the first to get that title, that was worth three rings. Yeah. By itself is worth Felt three. Felt like rings. it. Now, if Joe Flacco does it in Cleveland off the quote unquote <laughs> couch, that's that's
1: worth something. It's next level. We'll ask Cecil Shorts, he's gonna join us right now. But before we get to Cecil, really quickly, because we touched on this yesterday, and I think Cecil will be a good guy to talk about this with. We mentioned that at the highest level on the collegiate stage, CJ Stroud was spectacular. Does the OSU experience mean anything at all coming into an NFL playoff game?
3: For me, it doesn't. But I don't know. You play. I, in um, I, I'm not going to dismiss it totally. I think it, it, if when you when you got to lie to yourself when you get to a certain level, right? You just lie and say, oh, this is just I've been here before. Yeah. I've, I've had big games. Now, I don't think he's going to fall apart mentally like his, his background and just by his father being in jail. And him not being able to see him and play, his story is tremendous. He's yeah. not gonna fold. He's not foldable. Now here's what it, here's the thing. No different. Uh, Will it's we'll, a
1: home crowd too, it's a, so it's not hostile.
3: Now folding and being being like, okay, well, I only got three seconds to uh, decide, or the pressure, the the speed of the game, and the magnitude of what the defense is giving you. That's different. Yeah. Uh, quickly on that, Joe Flacco. It, we
1: documented it, it took him six games to get his playoff legs. He didn't play a game like that in college. Mm-mm. He went to Delaware. You know, he probably played in front of 15,000 people was the biggest crowd. C.J. Stroud's a different pedigree, so we'll see. You know, and again, it's going to be a friendly crowd for him, not hostile. A, a road playoff game is the real test under fire. Okay, uh, McNuggets, we ready to bring do a quick in?
2: read? We're going to bring in Cecil Shorts here. But if you're looking for tickets at NRG Stadium for the Browns Texans game, you better be using Game Time to help you get into the big event with the best. <laughs> And cheapest prices available. Game time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets to any sporting event, music, concert, comedy show, theater, you name it. You can find tickets on game time. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets on game time just by downloading their app and creating an account. And the best part, if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you get $20 off your first ticket purchase. They show you the ticket. They show you the seat and the view from the seat so there's no guesswork involved. The terms apply. Just create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today for last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. And with that, let's welcome in the Collinwood native Cleveland guy, but also a former oh. Texans receiver, Cecil Shorts. Oh,
1: he's got that Texans helmet in the background. Cecil! Yeah, we see you, Cecil.
5: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man spent one year with the Texans, and all of a sudden he forgets where he's from.
3: He get that don't, don't put that on me. Don't <laughs> put that on <in> me. <laughs> I don't have a Browns helmet.
5: I got Browns hoodies and stuff. I don't got a Browns helmet. So
3: <laughs> We need to get that man a Browns helmet. <laughs> Cecil, Cecil getting that direct deposit from the Texans, boy. Apparently. You got it. <laughs> That direct deposit game. See, so how do you look at this game? What what
1: ultimately is it gonna come down to how CJ Stroud plays? Is it gonna come down to the Browns defense? What do you see?
5: Ooh, it's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be different than the last time they played Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm, um you had Case Kingdom, you had Davis Mills in the game, it's gonna be completely different. I think it's gonna come down to the Browns defense and can they impact CJ Stroud? Because if you look at the Browns defense, they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. They're going to play man coverage. So when they play man coverage, can the receivers get open? Can Bobby Sloan, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, can he design plays, whether it's meshes, whether it's man beaters? Can he design plays to beat man coverage? And then can Nico Collins, you're showing right now, can Noah Brown, can uh, Dalton Schultz, can they beat Robert Woods? Can they beat man coverage? Because if they can't, you're going to be in trouble. That's just where the Browns are gonna bring pressure. You're gonna see Miles Garrett, you're gonna see Zadarius Smith, you're gonna see these guys blitzing, you're gonna see the pressure. Um, but I don't think the pressure is gonna rattle CJ. It just hasn't all year. Right? So for me, it's gonna come down to can the Browns defense make can they rattle him or can they force him to get rid of the ball and miss throws? And then when it comes to the honestly, Amari Cooper had a career day, like a Madden type day, (laughs) the last time, (laughs) the last time they played the Texans. Can they stop these? Can they? Can they? Can the Texans eliminate the explosive plays and stay in the game? Because if you stay in the game, CJ's don't give you a shot. But if not, you're gonna be in trouble.
0: Cecil, so you mentioned um, Nick. Ne- well, you, I don't know if you mentioned Nico Collins, but I'm gonna mention Nico Collins because you talked about the Texans' ability to get open. He's obviously their best player in the passing game. Uh, you know, since Tank Dell got hurt, uh, and and what would you do if you were the Browns defensively? Would you would you put you know, Denzel Ward on him and say, just, Hey, this is your job. Or what, what would you do? What do you think the best idea is for the Browns defensively on stopping Nico Collins?
5: I look at it two ways. <clears throat> I might look at it from a Bill Belichick standpoint. Like, you know what? I'll put my second best corner. Maybe maybe i put Newsom on Nico and have some safety help over Nico. And then I'll put Denzel on whoever you think the number two receiver is and completely lock him out the game. Now, guess what? How are you going to get open? Now, how are you going to prove Woods can be the guy? Prove to me, Darden Schultz can be the guy. Prove to me, um, you can run the football against this defense, right? So that might be a mindset. Or it just might be like, hey, Denzel, go follow him and and, and take him out of the game. Because Nico is playing at a high level right now. He's he's confident. One thing that, uh, or any player, but once you're, if you're a player that's really, really confident Mm -hmm. and you're high street going and you're playing well, it doesn't matter who lines up against you, you feel like you can win that one on one battle. Um, so you got to kind of take him out, take him out the game. I'm, in my opinion, you got to like, all right, beat me with Noah Brown, right? Beat beat me with uh, older Robert Woods. Beat me with with Devin Singletary. I want to see those guys beat me, not not Nico Collins.
3: Well, let, let, let's go ahead and, and stay with that theme. Um, how would you how would you attack the Browns' defense if you C.J. Stroud? Um, I, I thought they were aggressive coming out the gates against the Colts. Mm-hmm. I liked the beautiful throw he made. Um, and it just seems like he's he's a guy that doesn't get sh- shaken a lot. How would you go about, um, you know, making C.J. Stroud comfortable in this game?
5: Getting the ball out quickly. <clears throat> I think you got to get the screen game going, be creative with motions, and then with the motion, create screens to your different backs, um, to your different receivers. And then I'm not going to be afraid. To me, as an offensive-minded guy, everybody has an identity, right? So what is your identity? Every week you're preparing for a different defense, what they bring to the table, but you still got to do what you do well. So I don't think you stop the aggressive play, because maybe it's more calculated. Maybe you try to mix and match in motion, different formations to get different guys open, but you still got to be aggressive. You still got to have the screens, get the quick game going. Um, if you get him in rhythm, it's going to be an interesting game to see it's going to be a really interesting game to see. Because one thing I know, Joe Flacco, and I I love him, 6-0 and when it comes to wild card and the wild card round and, and first-round play, uh, first round playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to turn the ball over, though. That, that's yeah. just what he's been doing this year. So if he turns the ball over and CJ can take advantage of that, it's going to be an interesting game.
1: Cecil, if you would, we talked about this earlier on the program. Um, I'm not sure if you played in playoff games. I think you did. One. Uh, okay. What was the difference... Sort of compare it to the difference between, you know, high school to college, big jump, college to the NFL regular season, big jump, NFL regular season to the NFL playoffs. W- what kind of jump is that and what is C.J. Stroud about to experience that he doesn't know yet?
5: You know what? So what's the biggest difference? Because C.J. played to me at house State. The atmosphere he saw at house State, the people watching him, the people he played in front of is more than the NFL. Yeah. Like, he played in 100,000 people every week in college, basically. That's right. more than what you in the NFL stadium, right? Um, when he played in the college football playoffs, the millions of people that watched it is going to be the same amount, you know, the same, comparable the same amount in playoffs. The difference between, obviously, high school and college and college and preseason NFL, and then there's a difference between preseason and regular season right. and then regular season and playoffs. The speed of the game, the intentionality of the game the and stakes of the game, right? He's he's, he's experienced and stakes when he played Georgia and you played Michigan and stuff like that, but the speed of the game is a different level in the playoffs. I've never seen everybody moving faster, and I'm not sure if it's just <laughs> because of the situation of you win or go home, right? It's, it's heightened stakes. Really guys are coming out there to play, but it's, it's different in the playoffs, completely different. So he'll be at home. It'll be a calm atmosphere on offense. Um, It won't be too much going on as if he was going to Cleveland or Kansas City or Buffalo, but the game is going to be, that's one thing Cleveland has an advantage of. They've been there they've done that. They have veterans that played in the playoffs. They understand the big stakes. They understand the speed, and it's going to be different for CJ, uh, I think, especially early on.
0: You know, I'm curious, Cecil. uh, I don't think we actually, I don't think we've talked about this yet this week, but uh, Mike Mikey McNuggets, our producer and I were talking over the weekend, and, and he asked me if I thought if Jim Schwartz was going to interview for a job. Ooh. You know, there was reports of Jim Schwartz being a you know going out for a head coaching job. Now, as far as I know, Jim Schwartz is not interviewing right now. And but we talked about whether that could be at least somewhat of a distraction for the team, and I I thought it might be at least a small degree. Well, your guy, offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, is not only been requested by one team he's been requested by two teams already now I don't know when they're going to talk to him but he's 36 he was basically a qual. he was basically a gopher four years ago as a quality control coach he's only been a legitimate assistant coach for four years and an offensive coordinator for one year and two teams are talking to him potentially about a head coaching job if I'm him I mean, that's got to be in my mind. And, and uh, how much would you be worried about that being a distraction for him and the Texans?
5: Nothing because no. of D'Amico Ryans, because how D'Amico runs his team, how he has the culture set. They keep him the main thing, the main thing right now. And obviously, Bobby has an opportunity to elevate his career, which that will come whenever if it is this year, next year, the year after that. But the way he has these guys locked in and have these guys focus Bobby Sloan is focused on the Cleveland Browns right now. That's just what it is. Everything else will come when it comes. But right now, he's locked in. This team is locked in. The way he's gotten these guys to play the last three, four weeks, really the whole season, um, he just is a great leader. So I expect Bobby to fall in line um, with what with what the task is at hand. Um, and if not, honestly, if you don't go out there and perform this week and get, at least put up a decent performance this week you know, they might take their interview away. They, they request away, like, screw what you, what you got going on. Um, but I, I think Bobby would be locked in. It can be a distraction at times, but the way D'Amico's leading his franchise, I, I just don't see it being a, a real distraction at all.
0: Cecil, just to stay on that note for a minute, I've always felt, as a guy who never played at any kind of high level, uh, that from an outsider's perspective, I always thought that the way the league goes about coaching hires is wrong that it shouldn't be about, well, this guy did a good job with an offense or a defense last year. It should be, to me, all about how is this guy as a leader of men? we You just mentioned your head coach there. Clearly, he is a great leader of men. And I think that, more than his ability to call defense or any of this other stuff, is why he has had success. And along with Kevin Stefanski, who I believe in a, is another leader of men, is why they're the top two candidates for coach of the year. We've seen that with Mike Tomlin, you know. And I think I think the league all too often wants the hot coordinator instead of the guy who's the, the leader of men. Am I right about this or, or or not?
5: Oh, you're 100% correct. I think we get too caught up in the fads. We get too caught up in trying to uh, hire the smartest genius they can find as far as the offensive scheme or the, the most... Uh, 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 Physical, a defensive scheme guy, and what type, how aggressive they're going to be. Can you lead these men? You have thirty, thirty-one year olds men in there with mortgages and families. How can you lead them? How can you communicate with them? How can you get them to buy into what you're saying and be a team player first? Right, Mike Tomlin, unbelievable leader, yeah. like un- unbelievable leader of men. To never have a losing season, to go through whatever he went through this year. I think his name should be in the coach of the year, but his name can be get votes or whatever, because I mean, look at his quarterback situation, look at his injury situation, look at where all he went through and all the critics saying, should he still be there? What, what's going on there? And they 10 and seven to make the playoffs because he's able to galvanize the troops and communicate to men at a high level to get them to believe in, Hey, this is a team first. Let's put ourselves, our selfish egos aside. And let's do what we have to do to win this for the team. Um, it's the same thing with D'Amico and then Kevin Savansky that they, they find ways to communicate with these and they buy in and that's the number one quality you need to be looking for in the head coach can they be a leader of men period yeah
3: see so we're about to get into this conversation later on in the show um, but I want to get your, your thoughts on it because you're a former player um you know there's a lot of times you know when it comes to rewards um awards talk like defensive player your offensive player MVP coach of the year those things Mostly, you know, they give it to the media, and the media votes on it, and certain writers or journalists have a vote. Um, I've always kind of had a problem with it because, you know, there's there's been multiple years where you, I could go back and look at it and say, LeBron should have had an MVP four years in a row. The fact that Kobe won it one time is ridiculous. Like, you know, you know, they use certain things, you know, narratives to, to disqualify or qualify people. Um, but the pushback is that the players wouldn't do a better job because they're not plugged into it. They wouldn't they don't know who's good. They don't watch every single person, every single game. Do you think there should be a system where the players do vote on um on, on awards or or is it just what it is?
5: I think it should be half and half. <clears throat> I do think the players should have some type of influence. by the way I love your glasses. I oh, mean thank you,
3: the- thank you. Thank
5: the- you. The- Day is, is on point. You got the dark glasses on, the chain, the wristband. The, the, See, the so, details into it, I love it. A, a Texans fan, so, so
1: right? he went viral yesterday for saying that the Texans have a bunch of young kids with library cards and still living with their parents. That got posted on some Texans' websites, they went and crazy. someone said, who is this Bobby Brown like? So he decided today to come in and look like Bobby I'm Brown. You that
3: Bobby Brown. It's in the bag. It's just there. I like him. I love the young kids. They got all your posts. But I'm just saying they got the library cards.
5: <laughs> um, to answer your question though, I do think the players should have a type of votes because they can see things that the media can't. It's like the media may see things that the players can't. So I think them combined working together um, could give you a better outcome of a more consistent or who is the actual best player for the rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, whatever, whatever the award may be. But I think it's just fair like, hey, the guys in the locker room are going against whether it's the offensive line or defensive line, the corners, the same They can see things. And they personally have experiences like, man, this dude and he needs to be in the running for whatever award, right? The same way the media can look at a probably a multitude of games and say, hey, this guy deserves because of this, stat, this, that, this, that, or this game, this game, this game. I just think it should be a collaborative effort and that can be probably a better outcome for everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it could be interesting if you had, uh, you know, uh, what is it? What, I think it? I think a lot of these awards, it's two representatives from every city in the media. And maybe you could have two guys from each team get a vote. You know, yep. guys we know yep. are going to take it seriously. You can't vote for your – I think you'd have to say you can't vote for your teammate. Otherwise, it would, you know – yeah. That would have to be a caveat of it, I think, but I, you could, you could make it work. And I, I think Cecil's right. I think there are some things the the players would miss and there are some things that the, the media misses. I, I think it's a fair point. It'd be a good balance. We'll see if they actually do it.
1: See, so one thing we've talked about on the show throughout the season is the fact that it feels like the pendulum is swinging from offense to defense do you see that trend? Do you? I mean, just a few short years ago, we saw playoff games that looked like pinball games—three um, hundred yards, four hundred yards, touchdowns everywhere. Uh, it feels like general managers, front offices, and head coaches have put a higher priority on defense to slow that offensive train, and it feels like it's—it's it's happening.
5: I think they had to go on the defensive side because the offense is putting up so many points. I mean, a few years ago, it was a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken, St. St. Louis Rams. I'm aging myself right now. The okay. Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs is like 51-50. to 50. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the points and the quarterbacks and the – I don't think the game is made to favor the offense, right? So right. if I'm a head coach, I have to go out and be aggressive on the defensive side of the ball and figure out, okay, who are the best guys to go to bring into my team, whether it's free agency or draft to be able to slow these defenses down um do i do i see the 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 tide turning i don't personally i, I still think the game is is still an offensive game It's still um putting up crazy amount of points i mean look at mike mcdaniels and what they're doing in miami you look at um just certain teams of and how they're putting the stats up i still think because the game is catered to the offense it will always be that way right um but i I do think that the defense is catching up and i do think that it's a priority as a head coach and gm is to how do i stop a patrick mahomes let me right. go get a defense in the, go get the biggest fastest baddest defense that i can get how do i stop a tyree Hill? i got to figure out how to draft another Jalen ramsey or i got to get i got to get another you know a, a denzel ward type Um, to slow down these receivers that are just outstanding. So I do think it's a priority, but I still think it's an offensive game for sure.
1: Hey, before we let you go, how does this game play out? Who wins?
4: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: There you go. <laughs> look, there you go. <laughs> I think
5: I think uh, just being honest, I don't know who's going to win. Um, I think it could it could go either way. Um, I think the favorite would be Cleveland. If you look at Cleveland, they have the the veteran leadership. They have Flacco, who's been there, who's done that. Um, they have just veterans that've been in the playoffs before and understand the the. The, how serious it is and their and what their goal is and in mind but at the same time <laughs> you look at CJ and what he's able to do um, i think i think it's going to be a good game No, fence I,
1: maybe, I'm nope. right Cecil, maybe i'm copping cop out, out right now maybe i'm copping out right now that's I'm, a I'm, fence ride I'm, we don't, don't do that here now. we're not letting you go until you tell us who wins the game <laughs>
4: Look, oh,
3: y'all put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, bro. we
1: want to we pick.
3: Give him that smoke, dog. Come on the record. Hey,
5: I, I, all right, here we go. Here we go. Twenty-seven, twenty-four Texas.
3: There it is. All right. There hey, there we is. got it. There it's you go. Right. Thanks, Cecil. Cecil, you're the best, man. Thanks. We'll talk soon. The D- Direct deposit always wins. By the way, I wanted, <laughs> I
0: wanted to look up the points per game because I wanted to see how it ended compared to last year. Yeah, how year did it before. end? Uh, it was down, but not much. It,
1: it was down a couple of points most of the year.
0: It all, so, la- so, last year, the average points per game for one team yeah. was 21.9.
1: Yeah, that's I remember looking at that, too. This
0: year, it ended up finishing 21.8. Wow, that's barely down. Now, it's down a, a decent amount from the two years before that. Now, the COVID year was
1: the highest yeah. ever. Yeah, which, the COVID year is tough, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know. But twenty twenty one, it was twenty three points. Do you a game. know why it was the highest ever in the COVID year? Because the defense, there was no there noise. Was no crowd noise, there was to no mess noise up to the keep offense. The offense. Yeah.
1: So when when you're not sure about the impact of a home crowd, look at the points that were scored in the COVID season with no fans in the stands, and it was clear the offenses i remember watching the games and a lot of those networks have good parabolic mics yeah. cbs has the best on-field parabolic mics it would sound like fox's that. game is coming up there but you could literally hear Here. conversations between coaches and players picked up on the side mic and it what it showed me was when the offenses can operate in a vacuum and and
3: they can communicate and sound isn't an issue they can score a lot of points you you know what's so crazy is is I look at the things like like Jim Schwartz, right, and I've I've always thought about it. it. You know, people talk about okay, you have a franchise quarterback, right, and if you got a franchise quarterback, you're you're in there, you're good, ready to go. But I I think that if you get two rushers that are dominant, it's almost as good as a franchise quarterback. Say for instance, I I agree with that. If you had Miles Garrett, right, and that's why people have been going so hard at finding another dude. If you had Miles Garrett, think about what happens if you were to hit on Micah Parsons. Right. You're dead. You can't, like, there's. Right. And so for me, I I look at the way you go about building a team. If I was the Cleveland Browns, we say we need another receiver. I mean, the Browns might say, look, we're closer to being all time greats on defense than we are being an elite offense. Well, look what the Eagles did. And I've talked to general managers asking them that question
1: How do you prioritize your team? And it, most of them will tell you, flat simply, it's what's the most important position? Quarterback. Okay, you must have a quarterback. Other than that, if the quarterback is the most important position, you better have someone that can chase down and catch a quarterback.
3: Yeah, yeah. And
1: that's how the great teams but are built now.
0: Ultimately, I don't buy that. We'll, we'll see how it goes next year. I mean, obviously, overall, the offensive numbers in terms of points were not down a significant
1: amount. No one tenth of one point. Yeah, and offensively, it but might. But give it, it compare it to five years ago because I think the height of the offense. I mean, this is just. So yeah, from from, let's see, from twenty I felt like eighteen nineteen was when the Mahomes and the Bills and they were just going you, bananas. If with you points. take out, we'll take out the COVID
0: year because right. it just kind of. What kinda, was the points
1: per game in eighteen and nineteen?
0: All right, I'll give you that. Here we go. So I'm going to start with twenty sixteen. Okay. In 2016, 20... 2016, it was 22.8. Okay. Then 21.7 went down. 23.3, 22.8. Then we skipped the COVID year. Then 21 was 23. Last year, 21.9. This year, 21.8. Okay, so, so
1: the, two points over the last two years doesn't sound like much. Yeah, 20, it's not. The, it's also bull. It's, it's also down. It's n- down one and a half.
0: Po- this year is one and a half point per game less. Than the highest it's been since 2016. Which is
1: nearly two, 10%. So when you look at it in terms of percentages, yeah. if you said scoring was down, yeah. it's about 8%. Yeah. Scoring is down 8%. That's a significant amount. Now we'd have to dive a little deeper to see. Well, I'm wondering about defense, defensive points scoring. Right, because, because this year, it seemed like there were a lot of defensive touchdowns. Yeah. I, it felt to me like more than a normal year. And I don't know if that's true or not. So in terms
0: of defensive touchdowns, this year there was point one one defensive touchdowns per game. Wow, point that- eleven. Okay. Last year it was 0.12, so it's actually slightly down. It's about the same. Okay. You yeah. know, one one thousandth of a percentage down. Yeah. You know? Kick returns and punt returns exactly They're the same. They're negligible now; year. They, they
1: almost don't happen. 0.02,
0: yeah, both years. Yeah, I mean
1: those are such long shots so, now.
0: It's not a significant change. It's. It, I will even admit it seems like. I would have guessed scoring would have been more down than it was. Yeah, um, I would have too. And at one point I think this it year, picked it picked up later in it the year. It did pick up
1: later in the year. Yeah. At one point it was wasn't a full point, but it right. was it was like eight tenths of a point. Yes. Now here's but, the
0: thing: when you, the, the one thing about when you win as a defensive team, I think these days, yeah, it's harder to stay good because when you're an, when you win because your quarterback's great. That's a more consistent thing. If Although, guy, for, for Kansas City this year, that was weird. I, yeah, I hear you. But it's still, would it surprise you if he played great in the no, playoffs? No, not won at It wouldn't. Right? Not one bit. But with def- look at Philadelphia. You mentioned Philadelphia. Yeah. They won because of defense last year. Yeah. Their defense has been terrible this and year. And what did they
1: do? They went out and drafted. Everybody said, oh, this is going to be – this isn't fair. Right. They just went and got an I, all-world pass rusher. Right. And they have just completely yeah. now. Offensive
2: rookie of the Year. Yes. They yes. hit on Jalen Carter.
1: Well, by the way, speaking of Rookie of the Year, is it Nakua or is it C.J. Stroud? I would go with C.J. Stroud. I but, would, too, I mean, because of the position. But but Nakua had a historic nine year. Added,
0: 99 out of 100 years, he would, he would win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: when you have a quarterback yeah, that mean, takes a terrible franchise to a home playoff game,
0: I they both they won, they, to won, they won a division. They both yeah. had
1: all time rookie seasons. They did. But yeah. one
0: did it at a harder position.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right, guys, we're gonna move on to our next topic, but first a quick word from FanDuel. The NFL regular season May have wrapped up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. And right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, for brand new customers. The app is simple to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including... Live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay on the Parlay Hub, which is the best and easiest way to find popular parlays and much, much more. As of this minute, the Browns now three-point favorites in Houston. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of
0: the NFL. Mike, it's interesting that the line just went to three because I looked at the FanDuel line earlier. It was still two and a half. The fact that I was waiting for it to go to three because I saw some other sports books that did go to three, which means it's got to be a – when you move a point spread from two and a half to three, the two biggest moves of a point spread are two and a half to three and three to three and a half. So if you move a point spread when when a place like FanDuel, where a lot of people bet, when they move a point spread from two and a half to three, that means it's got to be –